Thanks for listening to the High Street Young Adults Podcast. For more information and how to get connected, check out highstreet.org slash youngadults. Guys, uh, I just want to let y'all know here at Young Adults, one thing that we are constantly about is we are a team of people, right, who are serving the mission of God. And uh, man, it, we, we know that the joy of the Christian life is found in serving the purposes God has for you. And one of the ways we get to do that is through the local church. And so uh, we've already mentioned it, but uh, Jake is going to be speaking tonight. And Jake is one of our worship leaders. He's one of our team leaders here at Young Adults. And man, he, he's, an, he's an awesome guy. And, and so we had no hesitation to ask him just because we know the character of who he is. And so uh, he's got a great word for you. So I want to welcome up Jake uh, Pylon to come and speak. And uh, it's going to be good. Jake, thanks, man. What is up, young adults? How are we doing? Good, good, good. Man, this is different for me. Um, you know, like Logan said, I... I lead worship here, and uh, you know, so I'm really comfortable kind of over here behind a mic and behind a guitar. That's kind of my comfort zone, so this is awesome. I'm really excited to be here and uh, to speak to you guys, man. But uh, so for me that, or for those who don't know me very well, I would love to meet y'all, by the way. Like if you see me after service, come say hello, introduce yourself. Um, but for those who don't, um, I wanna tell you a little bit about myself. Um, so I'm originally from Texas, born and raised. That's what I'm talking about. All the rest of the people that aren't from Texas hate us, so that's good. Um, no, but I came to Springfield, Missouri because um, I'm attending Baptist Bible College where my, where my BBC people are at. Always over here. It's good. Um, but yeah, and then I decided to come to High Street. Of course, I loved it. Never left. Um, started getting uh, getting involved with young adults and uh, interning, and that's where I met my beautiful fiance, Chloe. Everyone say, everyone say, oh, Chloe, that's nice, yeah. Um, no, but so if you're uh, looking for that special one, if you know what I'm saying, uh, interning isn't a bad idea. You might just, you know, find yourself a fiance. Sorry, Coco, probably gonna get like 50 applications after this. Um, no, but I'm excited to be here. Tonight we're continuing our series um, with the vice and virtue. Uh, last week we talked about drunkenness and soberness. I don't know about y'all, but this series has been wrecking me, man. Like, I have needed this myself. Um, there's just so many practical things um, that God has been teaching me. But this week we're continuing. We're going to be talking about pride and humility. Whew. Pride and humility. No one wants to speak on pride and humility. You know, like, that's like a really big topic, but I'm excited to, you know, I'm not going to I didn't come here to, you know, tell you not to be prideful. I didn't, I'm not here to preach at y'all or talk to y'all. I'm just going to dive into God's word and let him do the rest. Does that sound cool? Yeah. Awesome. So before we kind of dive in, I want to ask the question, does anyone know that, like, one guy or that one girl, maybe they're from high school, uh, you know, that you've, maybe you grew up with them, that just, like, put off that, like, arrogance and prideful kind of demeanor? Anyone know that guy? Like, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so like two of you, cool. Uh, so the rest of y'all probably were that person. Sorry to break it to you. Just kidding, but no, seriously. Um, no, but I was in high school, and I, uh, obviously, but I played golf, and I got one golf person over there. Cool. Um, no, but I played golf, and we would go to golf tournaments, right? And when you go to a golf tournament, you know, you get assigned a hole. So I'd go to my respective hole right before I tee off, and I felt like I was always playing with, like, this, 
that one, that one guy, you know, like he was like just all that, you know, in a bag of chips. And, you know, you would know it's this guy. Your first clue is he's walking up. He's wearing sunglasses. It's like pouring rain and cloudy. You're like, okay, here we go. This is going to be a long day, you know. Um, or some of y'all maybe, y'all may watch NBA. Anyone watch the NBA? Cool. Cool, cool. Nick Young, a.k.a. Swaggy P, plays for the Lakers. He's not, as my, he's not as good as my boy Casey Wood. Where's my boy Casey Wood at? Dude, Casey Wood's got that behind-the-back floater down. Uh, let me tell you, he's uh, crossed me up a couple times. Love that guy. But, no, Nick Young, so a couple, I don't know exactly when it was, but pretend the goal's over here. He's playing a game. So he comes up, he shoots his three, thinks he's got it. So he turns around, he gives it one of these, and he didn't know, but he missed in the background. So I was like, oh, man, that's just, like, cringe to watch, you know. And that's, like, some stories of, like, where pride and arrogance kind of get in the way. Um, but in today's society, in today's, like, world, I think we tend to look at pride and, you know, we, we, th- we think of that type of person, right? We think of that person that we knew from high school or, you know, Nick Young, whatever. Um, no, but... And I think the reality of it is that we all struggle with pride internally beneath the service. We all are struggling with pride. And it's easy to, you know, just kind of disregard that and be like, oh, that's just like a tiny little sin. You know, like it's not that big of a deal if people don't notice. It's not a big, big of a deal if, you know, it's not outward arrogance, right? But I think, um, you know, some of you might even already be checking out. You're like, oh, pride? Whew, sweet. I got the week off. You know, I don't deal with pride. I'm an introvert. You know, like, I'm chilling, you know. Or maybe, you know, uh, like, you are kind of afraid to put yourself out there and, you know, so you don't get embarrassed. Is it really a fear of embarrassment or is it, or is it your pride, you know? Pride can look a lot different in a lot of different ways. So we're going to kind of dive into that. But I want to kind of agree on a couple things before we dive any further. Um, the first thing is, I don't think anyone wants to be that guy, right? No one wants to be that guy or girl um, that we knew from high school that was just like all of that, you know? Or I think we can all agree on that, right? Well, maybe you care too much about yourself and maybe you're, you're afraid to put yourself out there. Well, that person is unapproachable, so no one, no one wants to be that person either, right? You know, I think everyone in this room has some sort of pride issue, and I think it's important, and we have to be careful not to overlook that pride because it might be the root cause of some of your sin, and it might be feeding into some of your sin. So we're going to dive into scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 11, or if you have your phones. So I'm I'm just going to read through this, and uh, then we're going to kind of dive in. But just bear with me for a second as I read through this. Um, Starting in verse 5, it says, Submit yourselves to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, 
after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. God, we thank you. We thank you for tonight, God. God, thank you for the people um, that are here, God. Thank you for the people that have showed up, God. We know they are here for a reason. God, we know that you have put them here. You have led them here for some reason, God. So I pray that you just speak through me. God, get me out of the way so that you can just speak to these hearts here tonight. We love you. We pray that you just um, rip out the, the root of the, our pride, God. And I pray that we're just able to um, dive in closer to you, God. Ask these things in your name. Amen. So I had an idea that I was going to speak at Young Adults, right? I wasn't just like completely blindsided. But a couple weeks ago, um, or a few weeks ago, Logan had called me, and he, so I was like, he was like, hey, um, how's April 13th, you know, to speak at Young Adults? And I was like, April 13th, I'm pretty sure that's like in a few weeks. And instantly, I just like froze. I was like, this is real. Like, this is coming up. And instantly, my mind, in that moment, I was just flooded with anxious thoughts, right? I was just, oh, like, I don't know what to do, like, and all these thoughts were about me, right? And it was just like, I don't, I've never prepared a message, you know, I'm not, I feel like I'm not equipped for speaking, you know, singing's my thing, I don't, I don't do that, you know, and it's all revolving around me. And in that moment, I was struggling with pride and I didn't even realize it until I started diving in this message. You know, but, um, and I think the root and the core of those anxious thoughts and of things in anxiety in, in general is doubt of God's goodness. You know, have you, ever, have you ever doubted God's goodness? I think it's pretty safe to say we've all probably at one point doubted God. If you haven't, meet me after service. I want to know what your trick is. You know, I think it's, it's, it's pretty uh, easy to doubt God, right? We stray away from what God says about us and what he promises us. And the truth is, we are consumed with ourselves in today's day and age. We are. Like, we think we got it all. We think we know it all. Like, think about it. Like, our phones. Like, when we get on there, it's so easy to think about ourselves. I mean, like, oh, man, she only liked that. Like, only got 50 likes. She Snapchatted me. But, you know, did I, did I show enough jawline? Like, she's not Snapchatting me back. Like, I'm serious. You, some of you are laughing, but... Uh, no, but like we are consumed with ourselves and we live in a performance-based world and we put so much pressure on ourselves. Of course, we're going to struggle with anxiety, depression, addiction, because we can't even live up to our own standards. We can't live up to God's standards either, but he at least shows us love and grace. And no, I did, I did some studying on anxiety and mental illnesses and I learned that nearly one out of five young adults from the U.S. live with a mental illness. Now, I'm not saying that social media is the root cause of this. There's, there can be a lot of, you know, of causes of anxiety and depression. I think the core of it is doubt of God's goodness. You know, we have lost connection. We doubt God. We have stopped putting our, our faith and we have stopped basing our identity in Christ. We've stopped putting our trust in Christ and we are putting those things in ourselves, in other people, in likes and, and this and that and whatever. So of course we would end up with depression and anxiety and addiction and all these things. We fail every single day. We're going to break down the scripture. It says, um, but for the ones who kind of grew up in church, 
You may recognize a few of these verses. They're all kind of clump, like clumped together right here. Starting in verse 5, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Another one, hum, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Got a lot of memory verses right here, um, but, and they're all kind of jam-packed in there, and they can kind of seem like they're different ideas, but I think, I think the author kind of knew what he was doing. I think they're all kind of revolving around the same thing. So tonight we're going to look over, you know, how God opposes the proud, how he helps the humble people, how he helps people who are humble, and we're going to talk about how we are urged to clothe ourselves in humility and how we need to put on humility. So my first point tonight is pride leads to conflict. Pride leads to conflict. So what do I mean by this? What is, what is, how, do, how can pride lead to conflict? Well, verse 5, it says, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. So another word for oppose or opposition is conflict, right? So when we're putting on pride, we are then in conflict with God, ourselves, and the enemy. So when we wear pride and when we put on pride, we are looked at from God as the opposing side, as the opposite team. So when we put on pride, we have the most powerful like, thing in the universe actively working against us. That's what verse 5 is, is saying. We are on the we are opposing side of God. And I don't know about you, but like I'd rather be on God's team and like not the opposing side. That kind of scares me, to be honest. Uh, but verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So this kind of brings me back to what was earlier about the root of anxiety and how it's, how it's pride. And how the solution to this is humility. We doubt God's goodness, so this leads to questions like, Oh, does he really love me? Does he really care? Like, will he provide there? I don't. So when we question God, if he can do these things that he says he can, right, in Scripture, then, we, then we're then led to anxiety and we're in conflict with ourselves. You know, and this is all of a result of the pride that we wear, that we put on. And we think we know better, like, oh, there's no way God's going God's gonna to show up there, you know. There's no way he can do that or that, you know. We think we know better than God. So moving on to verse 8, it's saying, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Man, I, I, I don't know about you, but I know that one's true for me. Like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes I just can't get away. I just can't get away from this sin or this struggle or whatever. Like, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you just can't get away or you can't get a grip on that thing that you're struggling with? Well, maybe it deals with your phone, right? Maybe it's, it's gossip, pornography, social media. Well, if I were to ask you how you access that and you're like, oh, well, my phone. And I'm like, all right, where, where's, where's your phone? In my pocket. 
Well, you're carrying around that lion that verse 8 is talking about. You're not struggling with your sin. You're carrying it around and you're feeding that lion. You're feeding the enemy. You're feeding into those lies and, those, and pornography and gossip and social media, whatever it is. You're not struggling with it. So before you struggle and fight with that sin, you've got to take a position of humility and you have to do something about it. You know, you've got to clothe yourself in humility and stop feeding the enemy. So I'll tell you the bad news first. There'll be good news, but let me tell you the bad news. Is that Satan is not going to stop. Man, Satan is not going to stop trying to devour you and consume you. Man, I hear it so much and I see it so much in today's age, especially our age. You know, like, oh man, I heard you don't, you don't deal with that like at this, this age. You know, when you get married, I won't be doing that, you know. I heard, I heard, you know, when you get to this point in life, you don't really struggle. I'm just going to deal with it now. I'm just going to kind of live in it, have fun with it, dabble in it. And then later, I probably won't struggle with it. I won't be tempted with it anyway. Like, like since when does sin have an expiration date? Since when does the enemy want to stop trying to devour you? Since when is temptation not become a thing? So that's the bad news, but here's the good news, is that God helps humble people. That's my second point. God helps humble people. We see it in verse 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. I was talking through that bad news, and some of you were like, like, where's the way out? Like, what's the good news? Well, this is it, humility. You know, you may be dealing with pride and you might be feeding the enemy, but here's the thing. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is basically saying that God is never going to let you suffer in a sin without giving you a way out, right? He's not going to throw you in a cage without giving you a key, okay? And this is the thing. This is what God is giving us. He's saying, look, you can clothe yourselves with humility and I will be with you. I will show you favor. You know, and... So please don't leave here, though, and say, okay, well, I'm going to be humble, you know, so I can be exalted. That's not what I'm saying at all right now. Leave here and say, I'm going to be humble because God is good and I'm just his servant. That's the heart that we need to approach humility with. You know, I think of Moses when I think of humility. In Numbers 12.3, it says that Moses um, was literally the most humble man on the face of the earth. Like, that's insane. Like, can you imagine being the most humble man on earth like what did he do how did he, how did he contain that he's like yeah I just like stuck on my hand and uh the water just kind of split I don't know it's whatever uh no but like think about how much favor God showed to Moses right we see it in a lot of different ways but when God came to Moses in the burning bush he was asking Moses to go to Egypt and deliver the Israelites out of bondage out of slavery and here is Moses the most humble man on earth, and even he is doubting God. Even he is questioning God. He's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not your guy, okay? Like, I don't speak well. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And he was just making excuse after excuse. And here was God telling him that he was going to be with him, but he's still, Moses, in this moment, is still being prideful, thinking that he knows better than God. But he humbled himself, and he was able to do what God asked and asked of him because he was like a humble servant to the king. You know, he clothed himself with humility. 
But here's where humility and pride like sort of differ, right? Humility is something that you actively have to put on. Hear me on that. Humility is something that you actively have to put on. Pride happens naturally because we are born into sin, right? But no one is born humble. That is something that you have to wake up every day. You have to decide to put on humility. I think a lot of us can relate, you know, to when we were young, um, say it's like snowing outside. I only have a couple of these memories because I'm from Texas. It doesn't snow a ton, but just pretend with me. Um, it's snowing outside. It's beautiful. You just want to go build a snowman, right? And so what do you do? You, you get ready, and you're about ready to go open the door, and what happens? Your mom or your dad is screaming at you, put on a jacket. Like, mom, I got 26 layers on. I don't need another jacket. And she's like, well, you need 27, you know? I'm like, okay, I mean, shout out mom, if you're watching, I never had hypothermia or anything, so love you, Tina. Um, no, but on a serious note, she urged me to put on a jacket so I didn't get cold. She asked me to put on a jacket so the harsh weather and environment didn't affect me, didn't hurt me. You see where I'm going? You have to got to wake up every morning and you have to decide to put on humility. Don't be prideful and say you don't need it. You know, you will lose, you will get cold if you don't put on humility every single day. Because the enemy is out there, he is waiting. And if you decide not to put on humility, he's be like, oh man, he wore his pride today. It's going to be easy. So put on humility. Man, I definitely didn't put on humility last summer, um, the banking go ahead and come up, but last summer I, you know, was in a deep place of um, anxiety and depression going into um, last semester, and it was hard. I didn't really know exactly what I was struggling with or why I was, like, feeling this way, but there were so many nights where I would just, I would just bawl. I just felt like I was distant from God. I felt like I was distant from friends, family, and I would come to Chloe, and I would be like, why am I feeling this way? Like, why, why do I feel this way? I feel like I can't get a grip on this thing. You know, and my pride, and she was, she was telling me, you know, you, you need to see someone. You need to get on your knees and give this to God. And it was just going through one ear and out the other. Because I thought I had it all. I was like, oh, like, I, I can deal with this on my own. I don't think I need to share this with anybody. Like, we're good. I'm good. But the reality is I wasn't. And one night I was sitting in my room and it was like three o'clock at night and I just, something came over me and I just started bawling my eyes out. I literally had to get on my knees in my room alone and I had to cry out to God, man, I need you. I can't do this thing anymore. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know why I feel depressed, I feel anxious. But I had to come to an end of myself and say, okay, I'm giving this to you, God. I'm giving everything I have to you right now. I had to put on humility because I was prideful, and that's why I was feeding the enemy, and I just kept going and going and going. So I had to finally come to an end of myself and put on humility. And that's when I finally experienced freedom. I finally felt the love of God surround me again, even though it was there all along. I stopped being prideful for just a second. 
And I was, I was excited to share that story with you guys because, and I tell you that comfortably, because I know that we deal with the same things. Everyone around the world is dealing with something, is dealing with some sort of sin. No, man, you don't, you don't know what it's like to deal with this or that or that. No, you're feeding into the enemy's lies when you're saying that. That's pride. Let me tell you why I know this, because verse 9 says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Man, you don't know what it's like to deal with a drunk dad, though. I don't know. You don't, you don't, you don't know what it's like to deal with pornography, man. Like, you don't know what it's, it's like to deal with, with sexual abuse, with hardcore drugs, man, I'm, I'm hooked on that stuff. I'm the only one. No, verse 9 is saying, no, he struggles with that too. You see that person over there? She struggles with that too. You're not the only one. Humble yourselves for a second and realize you are not going through this thing alone. You have people to reach out and God is saying, listen, it's going to be okay. Verses 10 and 11 say, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. You know, it may be hard for a little bit. I'll be honest. It, it, it was hard for me that summer. It was hard. But I put on humility in verse 10 is saying, God is going to help you carry the weight. You don't have to go through this alone. God, the one who has died for you and saved you, will be beside you. You know, so when you put on humility and when you go tell someone that you're struggling and when you cry out to God that you need him and that your relationship with him is more worth it than you feeding the struggle that you don't even want, then you will experience the freedom that I experienced. You know, maybe, maybe you came here tonight, maybe some of you came, you know, not having a personal relationship with God. You know, he has a freedom that he wants to offer you called salvation. Romans 10.9 says, if you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. But let me tell you this, you, if you can't be willing to be humble and accept that you're a sinner, then you will never be saved. Every single relationship with Jesus starts with humility. Every single one. So it starts with coming to terms that you are a sinner, that you do mess up. And sin is just any time you disobey God. So we all mess up. We all are in disobedience. But God is offering you a lifeline. He came to earth. He sent his son to serve and not be served. He lived a humble life and he died a terrible death on the cross so that you and I could know him. So that we could be in him with eternity if we accept him. You know, a gift is not your gift until you receive it though. Right? Right? He's offering it to you, but you've got to choose to accept it. We're going to have a time of response. But through Jesus, you can be justified. 
You know, you, you may be dealing with, with something in your life, right? And you may feel like your, your sin is too great. No, Jesus can justify you. He can make it right. That's it. Don't feel like you've got to come to a grip before you come to Jesus. You've got to grip you got to get a grip on the things that you're dealing with before you come to Jesus. No, he wants it all. He paid for it all. But it starts with humility. But I want to ask, are you tired of feeding the enemy? Man, aren't you tired of trying to keep up your reputation? Of trying to be this way or act a certain way or, you know, you have to have all the girls. You have to do this for this guy to like you. Aren't you tired Man, put on humility. Man, aren't you tired of living life without a purpose? Put on humility. Confess that to Jesus tonight. Confess that to someone. The altar is open. And the altar is up here in front of the congregation. Because when you come up here, when you decide to come up here, you have to leave your pride at your seat. And you have to put on humility. You have to clothe yourself with humility. And you have to come. So put on that humility and accept the gift and the salvation that God is offering you. Man, you can stop the, hey, look at me, life. Hey, like I want people to know me and like me. And No, you can just say, man, I know the Savior. He knows me and he loves me. And that's a life worth living. I promise you, that's a life worth living. So we carry his throne. We carry his good news. Because we don't deserve the glory. We don't. We don't deserve any of the glory. And once you give your life to Jesus, you will find out that this is all about him. This is all about giving God the glory. Would you bow your heads? Oh, mm-hmm.